Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast presented by the State Newspaper. We are here to keep you up to date on everything involving South Carolina athletics on the length of your average commute. I am your host, Greg Hadley, and I am joined by my fellow sports writer, Andrew Ramsbacker, and we're here to recap South Carolina football's 47-23 loss to number 2 Alabama at williams Bryce Stadium this Saturday. Andrew, let's break down the good, the bad, and the ugly from this game. Starting with the good, Ryan Holinsky looked pretty solid out there. Yeah, I think there's there's more than a few good things from, from this performance for South Carolina, which sounds weird in a 24-point loss. You're right, it starts with Ryan Holinsky, guy making his second career start, kind of ran the numbers this week of freshman quarterbacks who have faced Nick Saban's Alabama since he became coach in 2007. Ryan Holinsky was the 20th to do so. And there's been some names that have done it. Obviously, Johnny Manziel and Trevor Lawrence are the names that really come to mind. But over those years, there's been a lot to do it, and a lot have not done well. Uh, Ryan Holinsky, of those 20, threw for more passes, completed more passes, and threw for the fourth most yards of any freshman quarterback to face Nick Saban's Alabama. Uh, He goes 36 of 57 today for 324 yards uh, against, against probably the best defense he'll face all season. Um, and in his second career start, you know, I thought he made some some nice throws. He made some fresher mistakes, sure. They didn't capitalize in the red zone a lot, or not as much as they, they wanted to, particularly that drive toward the end of the second quarter. But for the most part, we've heard reaction now from Will Muschamp. We've heard reaction from veteran offensive players, Donnell Stanley, Brian Edwards in particular, who make it pretty clear they are behind this kid. And uh, he they are kind of – Feeding off of him, he's had two starts now, one against an inferior opponent in Charleston Southern, one against a national championship contender in Alabama. And both times he has been the main discussion in the postgame in a positive way, right, uh, right. which is a good thing uh, for these guys going forward. I, I, thought he played, I thought he played as well as you could expect from a guy making a second career start against Alabama. Yeah, there was a lot of, I guess, not worry, but just interest into seeing how he would step up from – I guess the degree of difficulty stepped up here about as much as it possibly could from Charleston Southern to Alabama. And like you said, I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he certainly looked very poised out there. Yeah, I th- you know, and he took he took some hits. He stayed in there. He delivered when he had to. There's always room for improvement, particularly a kid uh, with this, you know, low of experience at, at this point. But, you know, overall, did pretty well. I mean, Alabama came into this, came into today obviously a small sample size, but had not given up a point in the first quarter all season. With Ryan Helensky leading the way, they scored 10 in that first quarter, and the touchdown was out, was the only touchdown Alabama's given up in the first half to that point this season, which was a just, I mean, that is going to be on Ryan Helensky's all-time highlight reel, that, that kind of thread the needle in there to Shai Smith, that, I mean, that was... That was what you recruited if you're South Carolina. <laughs> That's yeah. that four-star kid from California that a lot of schools wanted. Again, this is a freshman. To take the to have the, the guts to step in there and make that throw between double coverage into Shai Smith. Good catch, by the way, by Shai Smith. But that I think that showed a lot from him. Yeah, when that came out of his hand, I, I, when I was yeah, I thought it was a pick. I, I thought it might have been a pick. It was, it was certainly a very gutty throw, but it, it worked out very nicely. And I think, you know, another positive from this is that the line did a really good job protecting him. He was only sacked three times, which against a team of Alabama's caliber, you know, they're going to get some pressure, but they, they really prevented him from taking too many hits. And, you know, it certainly didn't 
get injured, which is the worst case scenario. Yeah, the other worry you have about a kid this young playing against a team of that stature this early is confidence, right? No matter what he did against Alabama, he still had to come back. Number one priority is that he comes back the next week and plays against Missouri, right? Jake Bentley's not coming back. So he's the guy going forward. And that goes from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint. You know, I think you worry a little bit about, I mean, he's certainly a confident kid, but if you go in there and get your teeth ticked in, even though it's Alabama, that can rattle you a little bit. And he didn't let that happen to him. So I think he's in a good spot, both physically, because of that line, like you mentioned, and also mentally, I think, going into the next week, which we'll get into probably a little later. But that, that game next week against Missouri is huge. It'll be his first road start, um, certainly against a, a team in, in Missouri that is similar in talent, probably, to South Carolina. One of those toss-up games you think about at the beginning of the year. And his two tune-up starts lead into it. I think he, you know, he grades off. He grades pretty well to this point. And the guy that really seems to be benefiting from his insertion in the lineup is Brian Edwards. Over the past two games, he's had 14 catches for 191 yards. He really seemed to be really playing very physically today and just kind of had an edge to him. Yeah, that first drive, which I thought was a great response. Williams-Brice Stadium is rocking. Steven Garcia's out there, leads the Gamecocks cheer, and you know, press box is borderline shaking. It's, it's as advertised. It's quite a scene. And then Alabama does what Alabama does, gets that first kickoff and goes right down the field in five plays, blink of an eye, and scores. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this is kind of what we expected. And that, that response by South Carolina to go down there and kick a field goal that next drive was spearheaded by Ryan Holinsky, yes, but also Brian Edwards. A couple times early in that drive, he took one of those little – kind of pitch type deals and he came at the Alabama defense ran through defenders and after the crowd gets lost a little bit after that Alabama score it comes back to life because they see their guy arguably their their most accomplished player in Brian Edwards not backing down from big bad Alabama uh, he went right at him this was a showcase game for Brian Edwards he knows that he knows that if he wants to be a an early NFL draft pick, that he has to perform well in these big games. And it was clear he was disappointed after North Carolina in the opener, one catch, seven yards. He did not hide that frustration very well, and I don't blame him. I mean, I would have been mad too. Um, it was the worst game statistically of his career. And he has come back now with a new quarterback in Ryan Helensky and is back to looking like, I think, what we expected from a guy, Brian Edwards' caliber, in his final year. He is clearly uh, the number one receiver on this team, and he's a guy that has that wants to go out here uh, on a high note. You know, he could have left for the NFL last year. And uh, in these kind of spotlight kind of games, I think he has, he has been pretty good so far. Another guy on offense, another senior guy on offense that had a pretty solid day, all things considered, Rico Dowdle, cracking 100 yards. He seems like he's, now that he's healthy, you know, that's always been the, the issue with him is his health. But now that he's healthy, he's, he's had a strong start to the year. Yeah, you know, Alabama is not great. You know, they are very good defensively, obviously, but particularly against the run. And, you know, one thing going into this game is for the running game to, to alleviate some pressure off of Ryan Holinsky. I don't know necessarily if that's how it played out today. Rico Daddle obviously had a good game. Ryan Holinsky threw it 57 times. They were passing more. Obviously, they were behind a lot, so they had to pass the ball a lot. But when Rico Daddle did get his opportunities, uh, he delivered. And think about Rico Daddle, right? He, he, he's probably thinking this offseason, what am I going to do this year? Where am I in the pecking order, right? Everybody's talking about this guy coming in from Clemson and Tavian Feaster. And I think it was clear, obviously, we, we're not – 
able to watch preseason practice, but a consistent message from Will Muschamp and others throughout the preseason after Tavian Feaster got here was this was Rico Daddle's best camp. That wasn't a coincidence, I don't think, right? You get more competition in the room, it ups your level, and Rico Daddle is now kind of showing that. And if you're South Carolina, you're encouraged, right? We just talked about a quarterback, uh, a receiver, and a running back. you got a big three there that are – are playing pretty well. Two very experienced guys and then a talented freshman that um, you can kind of build off of going forward. And a solid O-line. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on from the Alabama game was a lot of people were pretty complimentary on social media about Will Muschamp taking his shots. He went for a fake field goal that got called back on a holding penalty. He, you know, went with a fake punt, surprise onside kick, all these different things. Not something we typically see from Will Muschamp. Yeah, Riverboat Will. Riverboat Will, yeah. Is that where we're going? I mean, that's the thing is that when he was talking after the game, it really was just a calculated risk. The math just shifted. Yeah, he said, you know, we got the look on certain things, I think particularly with the fake field goal, which, listen, fans are going to debate that holding call for a long time. Mm -hmm. It was Mm kind of executed perfectly and and park away, right? Park away. Yeah, it goes in there and, and scores a touchdown on a 30-plus yard run, and it was kind of a less Miles type of fake field goal or the ball is flipped by the holder over his shoulder. I mean, it was it was executed pretty well. It was a little bit of a – it wasn't a perfect, I guess, feed, right, which yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe led to the hold by Kyle Markway. But that was a risk. You know, I, I agreed with all of them. I don't know if I agreed with that fake punt deep in his own territory uh, at that certain time. You know, the, the going for it on fourth down at the end of the first half. Even he, I think, kind of regretted that in the post game, right? A little bit. Because like. if if you do kick that, right, you're within 11. 11, and then they kick the field goal after halftime, gets right. them within one score. Now you're within one score. And so, but at the same time, if, if that ball is caught at the back of the end zone, if, if Ryan Holinsky delivers a bigger ball, or a better ball, excuse me, to, was that Shai Smith? I believe it was Josh Van. Josh Van, you're sorry, Josh Van, the corner of the end zone. It's a little high, I think. Yeah. Um, if he comes down with that and. That would have been a huge momentum boost. But, yeah, he he was going for it. And, hey, this is how you have to do it. You're playing Alabama. Like, you cannot play conservative. You cannot sit back. You have to take chances. Because with an offense like that, when your offense has the ball, you know that if you give the ball back to them without scoring, you've probably lost points, yeah. right? Um, because they are so potent. And certainly they came as advertised today. No illusions we're going to see too much of that, I don't think, next week against Mizzou. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, you mentioned that that sequence of plays right before halftime. That kind of is getting into the ugly part of it where, you know, you second-guess the play goal a little bit, but there was also that Rico Dowdle run that got ruled down at the one. That was pretty controversial. I think even after the game, people were still kind of confused about, you know, the explanation. Well, Will Muschamp's explanation right right let's follow along here was that once the ball was downed he could not that's what he initially said he initially said the ball was down so you can't challenge that which it could institute a review and some people were wondering why he didn't call a timeout right they had two timeouts at that point but then he later said no the official on the field told me that the replay people already looked at it and they're not going to overturn it so don't waste your time basically right and so I think that's kind of what threw people for a loop is, you know, he was saying like, well, there's no point in challenging it, so I wasn't going to waste my time. And if you saw his halftime interview, <laughs> yeah, which went a little viral there, clearly he was upset. You know, he, he had a little time to mellow out a little bit mm-hmm. after the game, but at halftime he was upset how that went down. 
Yeah, I mean, you can go back and forth on that. Certainly replay. Um, it was called. He was down on the field. So was there enough there to – if they did replay it, right? I think what people want is just the opportunity for it to be replayed. And that's fair. I understand that. Yeah. I think if it was replayed in the booth officially, it would have been really hard to overturn. Yeah, I mean, there were certain angles that made it seem like his knee just kind of just hovered over the turf. I, I, I haven't seen enough of it to, like you said, to, to definitively say he right. would – he wasn't down. And the bottom line is they still had plays after that. And the bobbled snap by Helinski, which brought them back to what, the, th- or the three or four, and they had to, obviously had to go for on the fourth down. So it was just a missed opportunity in a lot of different ways. You could say from the official side, but you can also say from the South Carolina side in that moment. And as Will Muschamp alluded to several times afterward, you cannot make those mistakes. If you can't capitalize on opportunities against Alabama, you're toast. And uh, certainly – not getting that was a, a potential momentum changer they did not get, and, and Alabama ended up having their way in the second half. He also mentioned, in addition to you know the troubles in the red zone as being crucial missed opportunities, they didn't do a great job of limiting Alabama once they got the ball to their playmakers. You know There were a lot of missed tackles, a lot of chunk plays for Alabama. A ton of missed tackles, and I think that's the one thing everybody's very encouraged by the offense. You know, it's almost like the Clemson game last year to an extent, right? Where you come out of it and Jake Bentley has this record passing day against this really good team. And once you're done applauding the offense, you go back and say, wait a minute, Will Muschamp is a defensive-minded coach. This is his background. Now, against Clemson, you could use the excuse, hey, they were so battered and beaten by injury by that point that going against Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence, all those guys, that was going to be really hard to be, to the get-go. Yeah, that excuse not here right now. Um, so, you know, what what is going on with, with, with the South Carolina defense? Even if they tackled well today, Alabama probably still puts up a lot of points uh, just because those athletes are just that, – that receiving core is just ridiculous. Najee Harris, obviously, the running back. Some real highlight players. There. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they are – a lot of times you just got to tip your cap. But there's some basic fundamental stuff from a tackling standpoint that obviously South Carolina did not do well and that's got to pain Will Muschamp more than anyone uh, with his background so um, fans that are upset about the defense I get it I mean because that that's obviously Will Muschamp's calling card and it could have been better could have been good enough to, to beat Alabama probably not just because the talent gap but yeah I mean there was a lot of missed opportunities there from a tackling standpoint that uh, hurt them for sure. We said going into this, it's going to be hard to learn too much from a, an opponent like Alabama because they make good and bad teams alike seem rather foolish sometimes. The season, as you alluded to earlier, really starts this upcoming week against Mizzou because we've had the opener, which could be a fluke or could be a sign of things to come. You had an FCS team that they overpowered as they should, and they have an Alabama game that they lost like they should. So this is like the first real game where we say, all right, what is this team really about? I think in the offseason, when you were looking at South Carolina schedules, which plenty of people did, you did not look at Alabama as that must win. <laughs> I think you looked at Alabama and say, okay, what can you do against Alabama? All right. But you saw those next two games on the schedule as really that first set of quote unquote toss up games. So now I think Missouri and Kentucky goes from. Because of the loss to North Carolina from toss-up, yeah, if you lose, if you split, okay, to almost like, God, to get to six wins with what's upcoming on the schedule, you got to feel like you got to get both of them. Certainly that would be the better case. And 
you know, Missouri and Kentucky are, as I think I mentioned earlier on here, or I think are going to be a little similar to South Carolina. Certainly Missouri has a quarterback the Gamecocks are familiar with and Kelly Bryant. So we'll get another week of Tavian Feaster breaking down the opponent that he knows pretty well. <laughs> we had it this past week with Alabama. We'll have it this week with Kelly Bryant, his former teammate. But he's a talented guy that can run, and you got to bring him to the ground. And this team did not do a good job today of bringing guys to the ground. So that's a threat, and it's on the road. So, yeah, next week is a huge, huge game for South Carolina's season uh, on that mission to get to six wins. And we could be sitting here a week from today talking about how the week after that now is the biggest game of the season. And that's kind of what you do when you go to when you're one and two after three games and you're trying to get to six against this schedule they have. These toss up games are so important. So I think leading into it, again, your tune up game for Missouri was Alabama. <laughs> you weren't expecting to win. You were expecting to get some positives out of it that you could take into Missouri. And I think they got a few positives for that. I think they got some negatives. Yeah, they definitely have some stuff to work on. But I think they got some positives, too. Yeah. And, it, and it starts at quarterback with, with Ryan Holinsky. All right, that's all the time we have for now. We will be back on Wednesday to preview the Mizzou game more fully. Um, and as always, you can read more of our coverage on GoGameCocks.com. And we have a deal going on right now called the Sports Pass. For $30 for the first year, you get access to all of our sports content without ever hitting our paywall. <laughs>